Flyers Daily with Jason Mertides. Here we go. Brand new Flyers Daily for the 5th of April, 2023. Jason Mertides with you. And the Flyers go down last night with the game against the St. Louis Blues. Final score of 4-2. to And this game is an outlier. Now, the result's not an outlier. The game was an outlier. Because the Flyers came out and they did not look very ready to play. The first period, I mean, they may have only been a few shots. I think it was 9-6 to six after one period of play, the shots on goal. The shots all from the outside. No traffic around Bennington. There was not a lot of compete in their game out of the gate. And in a, in a sport like hockey, basketball is different because you can go on huge runs in basketball. But in hockey, you can't chase the game to that extent where you get down three to nothing and you have to chase the game. They, they chased it and made it a game in the third period. The first period was pretty horrific. The second period was a little better, a little more traffic around Bennington, a little more making it difficult on him, some good opportunities. And he was good in the game. But with Jordan Bennington, he is like the volcano that's ready to explode at any time. And the way to get him off his game is to put a ton of traffic around him, disrupt him, limit his ability to see track pucks and read plays, and maybe bump him a little bit every once in a while. Really get in tight on him. And the Flyers just didn't do that enough in the first two periods. They didn't do it at all in the first period. They did it a little bit in the second. Then They did it a ton in the third. And you saw in both the goals they scored, James Van Riemsdyk goes hard to the blue paint with a St. Louis Blues defender and then kind of comes out a little higher and gets a very typical James Van Riemsdyk goal, a redirect. I mean, he's great at it. He's a little high out away from the net, but he redirects the puck down and past Bennington. That made the score 3-1. to one. Going into the third period, you're down three, though. It's a huge uphill climb. And then at 11.43 of the third, Morgan Frost, again, right around the blue paint. Wade Allison was right there as well. Puts a rebound by Jordan Bennington. That makes it 3-2. There's a goal that is reviewed and disallowed, and I can't for the life of me figure out why, the Noah Cates goal, because he shoots the puck, the rebound comes up and hits him in the hand, and then goes in, but he didn't swat. He swatted at it after it hit him in the glove, but he didn't get it. And for some reason, they, they wave that goal off. I get a text from a buddy of mine saying, why even go to the review in Toronto if you're not going to get it right? I mean, that that's the third goal. It would have been a tie game, but whatever. I mean, it doesn't matter. Results don't matter at this point in the season. And, you know, they dug too deep of a hole, and you got to know you can't do that. And then eventually, uh, Torchenko uh, gets the empty net goal, makes it 4-2. But the reason why it's an outlier is because we have not seen this team this year have many games like this. I thought with 15 games to go, knowing they weren't going to the postseason, knowing that they were playing out the string, I thought we would see way more of these because it's human nature. And getting up and competing at a high level when you're not trying to get into the postseason or solidify your position or dial your game in for a first-round playoff matchup, all that is – and you let your foot off the gas. And when you let your foot off the gas in pro sports, its margins are very slim. You can look like they looked in the first two periods of this game. And frankly, the game's an outlier because 
there's about three, maybe four games all year where I thought this team didn't look like they were ready to play. But in true Flyer fashion this year, they come barnstorming back in the third period to get within a goal and had several good opportunities to get it tied. You know, momentum in sports and team sports doesn't carry from season to season. If they finish this year off with five straight wins to wrap up the season, that momentum is not going to mean anything going into next year on the results of games, wins, and losses. But the way you play, the way you don't give up, the way, you know, the standard to which you play as a pro and the way you carry yourself on and off the ice and prepare does carry because that becomes a habit. It becomes what you do every day. And that is one thing, that is a big thing that's going to come out of this season is that there is a lot of resilience. And yeah, they were bad in the first two periods, but they battled back. And there is something to be said for that. There's no moral victories. And this season's not one great moral victory. But those character traits of a team are good things moving forward because they can mean something next year, the year after, four years after that, and six years after that. Those are great traits to have. And I feel like for the first time in a little while that the organization is figuring out what its identity is again. It's not the old identity. It's not the Broad Street Bullies. It's not going out and beating up the other team. But the identity of what they want to build here and the type of key traits that they're looking for in players. Because going forward, this offseason very likely is not going to be splashy. You know, we had torts on last week. If you missed that interview, go back and listen to it from last Thursday. We had torts on. You know, signing flashy free agents and high-end players is not going to happen. He said he does not want to sign any guys that are going to block young guys from playing. So there's going to be subtraction, but don't look for those guys to be replaced with the Johnny Gaudreau types or the high-end free agency. It's a good time to do it, too, by the way, because the free agent class this year is not very good. But he does not want to block the path for any of their young players. That includes, obviously, Frost and Cates and Farabee and, you know, guys that could be up here next year or Cam York or Ronnie Adderd, who played last night his first game of the year, or, you know, guys like maybe Emil Andre or Adam Yinning, any of these guys. He doesn't want to block their path. wants to get them up here to the NHL and see what they are. And then you make your final decisions and... You get a little bit more fiscally healthy from a cap standpoint. And eventually you can jump into that mix and grab high-end pieces that are free agents. But right now is not the time. So they're looking for players that are going to be resilient. They're going to fit that com- you know, a competitor's trait. They're going to look for players that carry themselves as pros on and off the ice. They're going to look for talent eventually. And look, they're going to look for talent in this year's draft, and we'll see where it goes. But they, I feel like they really know what they're looking for. They have a list, a checklist of traits that anybody that's going to put on that uniform next year or the year after is going to check most of the boxes on this checklist of traits. And that's a good thing because in pro sports and team sports, it's really hard to win a championship, and you got to have an organizational DNA, and an organizational philosophy that will pay off 
because all the guys are doing the same things and all the guys are pulling the rope in the same way. You can't have any consternation or strife. You can't have it. It's too damaging to a team. Now, not everybody's going to get along, but I feel like they're figuring that part out. And the good thing about it is, as I presume Danny Breer will be named the GM and the interim tag will be removed, he's a guy that played the game as an extreme competitor. And that's what they're going to be looking for. They're going to be looking for skill, offense, some size, some nasty. But they're going to be looking for competitors to build a team the proper way. And that's a great thing. Now, John Tortorella wasn't on the bench again last night. Bradshaw coached a couple games last week. Rocky Thompson got the helm last night. And I believe he's going to get the helm again on Thursday in Dallas when they take on the Stars for Game 3 of this road trip. I'll be honest. I don't know why they're doing this. <laughs> it's 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 a little bizarre to me. I know Torts doesn't want to be in the press box where all the answers are, as he said, because the game looks really easy from up there. But I'm trying to figure out the motivation here, and i I got to be honest. I'm not sure what it is. Yeah, you want to give your assistants some more you know, experience and stuff like that and call in the shots without Torts being there to call the shots. And empowering them. But I, as far as I know, you know, he's committed to coaching. And he's going to be the coach of this team. So I'm not sure why. But let's hear from Rocky Thompson. He had the bench last night. He met with the media after the game and did not parse any words. I guess what felt different? What were you emphasizing for yourself tonight? What were things you were focusing on? Well, when, when you're the assistant coach, you, you have a little bit of a different dynamic with the players. And so, um, again, at the end of the day, they, they know that Torts is, is the boss. And, and you, you do your best. You implement a game plan that's already, you know, there. And, uh, you know, as the game unfolds, you've got to take on your own identity, which as a head coach is sometimes a little bit different than when you're an assistant. And so I kind of took that identity on after the second period to tell you the truth because I was very disappointed in how we were performing and um, I thought our guys responded really well in the third actually and and gave us a fighting chance uh, you know we almost tied it up there with that scramble in front of the net and um, so so that was a positive thing for sure. I guess kind of turning to the game what do you think was lacking in the first few years was it just energy or was it specifically some type of execution you noticed? Well, I think I, I give them credit. They're, they're dangerous. They jump to offense really well out of their D zone. They've had for years their D and get really involved. And, and we knew that going in that, you know, we had to have a good F3. And, and we've been aggressive with our D as well. Um, and it's been an Achilles heel for us at times that sometimes our forwards don't protect our D when our D go in or we don't reload hard enough. And, and that creates those odd man rushes in a team against that where you have Pareko, Falk, and Krug who, who, who sense it and smell it and just go, um, they expose those areas of your game if it's not tight, and it wasn't. And I didn't like the way, I didn't think we competed at all in the very beginning. Sometimes it's not just competing up ice, it's competing in your own end. And I thought we were sitting back and, you know, we just, we weren't working at all. And so, um, like I said, I, I just thought some individuals weren't, weren't they were kind of just going through the motions. And, um, fortunate for us to change but it was too little too late and that's a good lesson to learn there he is flyers assistant coach but was the head coach last night when the flyers took on the st louis blues two first nations members coaching that game last night craig baruby and rocky thompson it's happened a couple of other times in nhl games in the past 
I recall Craig Berube against Ted Nolan was one of the First Nations. Both coaches were First Nations members, uh, but that was the case last night as well, and the Flyers fell against the St. Louis Blues. Good resiliency at the end, but dug a hole a little bit too deep. Flyers did outshoot them 34-32 to in the game, and uh, good to see Morgan Frost continue his offensive play. Boy, has he been so good. He is looking like just such a confident player. Game in and game out now. It's consistent. You feel like when you turn on a game, you kind of know what you're going to get from him. And that's exciting, and that's good. And when he gets the puck, you feel like anything can happen. And that's good. It's one of those guys that, if he can really develop into the player that a lot of people thought he was going to be, and his path to development was interrupted. Not just the pandemic, he had the shoulder injury as well. Katuria has that sternum injury, I think in the second game of the season when they first came back, the 56-game season against the Penguins. The next game, Frost comes in, and he goes out in that game early in the second period with a badly separated shoulder. Those things, I think, really sent Morgan Frost's development sideways. But he's put in the work, put on the muscle, still a little bit more muscle to go, but you're starting to see a really dynamic offensive player and a guy that is much improved in the neutral zone and the D zone. Much better. And you got to tip your hat a little bit to Mike Yo. He put some hard work in on Morgan Frost last year. And that was setting a foundation for what's been carried through this year. So that's great to see. So Flyers go down against the St. Louis Blues 4-2. We'll be back tomorrow with another brand new episode. We'll preview Flyers Stars. So join us then on a brand new episode of Flyers Daily.